scripture memory verse tonight, Psalms 1-6, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Psalms 1-6. Anybody else? Good job. Anybody else? Notice there's two ways here. Listen, it's all of life. There's only two ways. Right here. I mean, God clearly always points out that there's either righteous or unrighteous. There's either godly or ungodly. There's no. There, there's not all these other places. There's not all these other ways. There's no in-between. You're either righteous or you're unrighteous. You either have life or you're going to perish. Anybody else want to try it? Psalms 1-6 For the Lord knows the way, the ways of the righteous, but the ways of the ungodly shall perish. Psalms 1-6 Good job. Anybody else? <clears throat> Again, two paths, and that is the subject of Psalms 1. So I want to look at the entire context of it. Um, really, there's only two ways, two roads, two well-trodden paths. There's only the faithful and the unfaithful. There's only the righteous and the unrighteous. There's only the godly or the ungodly. And we have to decide uh, which we're going to be. You can't be in the middle of it. Let's see, what's 1 John 3.10 say? 1 John 3.10 In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. That's, I mean, pretty clear. Um, and again, when we're starting to talk about two paths, we're talking about godly and ungodly, that we would need to understand that there's evidence, there's doing, there's works that prove, that was First John 3, 10, if you guys wanted to, Look at that, write that down. I might have did that too quick. I don't have uh, my pages marked tonight with any bookmarks, so I'll be turning them with you. Uh, but I do have tabs, and uh, you guys might not. So I <laughs> might be able to move a little quicker. But really, look at this, and this is what we're going to be looking at, is um, the two paths. You know, actually, while we're there, we might as well look at, let's look at godly and ungodly again. And let's look at Galatians chapter 5 in fact this was uh, one of our memory I mean, we, had, we do a memory verse at work every day not a memory verse but just a verse for the day and it was actually Galatians 5 24 and I didn't know that verse I know 22 and 23 but I didn't know uh, 24 and I was really surprised actually not that there's not a lot of verses I don't know but and again, how can we be godly or ungodly? If we are godly, then of course we're going to have uh, only be faithful or godly by the power of the Holy Spirit. You can only be righteous through the Holy Spirit. And Christ is our righteousness. He who became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And I probably jumped here too quick. I meant to give you a little background. But Paul, speaking to the church in Galatia, says, I say then, this is what he's saying to them, walk. 
live in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I was sharing with a gentleman today that uh, was talking about having uh, the sword of the spirit. And he puts all these verses on his phone. And, and, and I'm not revealing anybody, but I'm revealing what he said that he looks at in order to help protect himself and, to, and to, to know where his mind's going and what he would do. And he'd read them. And I said, but listen, listen, the, the, the devil wants us to focus on sin and not on the spirit. He wants us to focus on what we're doing in the flesh instead of what we should be doing by following the spirit. Because sin has been paid for. The punishment has been taken. And now God wants to take the practice out. And, and if we're being led by the Spirit, we're practicing righteousness. We're not practicing unrighteousness. We're moving in the direction of being washed and cleansed and living for God. And so this is what Paul is saying to the uh, 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 Galatians who have been bewitched so quickly. He's telling them to stand fast in the freedom in which they've been given in 5.1. And he says, I say then, this is how you live. You're walking in the Spirit. That's not some floating on air. It's trusting the Spirit to lead your life. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. Romans 8, 14. And then you do not do the lust or fulfill the lust of the flesh, the desires of your flesh or your sin nature. For the flesh lust against the Spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish now what are we talking about we're talking about what we practice what we do there's godly and ungodly and the children of the devil and the children of god are manifest first john 3 10 it's what you're doing it is the evidence of which child you are I know that people will say, well, if you say a prayer and you believe in Jesus, and no, listen, it, it doesn't, that, that the evidence is not in what you say you believe, it's in what you are doing, what you're practicing, how you're living, how you're walking, what's leading your life. Is it the Spirit of God, or is it your own lustful flesh that wants to get promoted, that wants to get to a place, that wants to arrive somewhere, that wants to be noticed? That it, it, the, the, what you're doing in life is very easy to see by the evidence or the afterglow, we might call it, of what happens. And that's what is going on. When we, we talk about, well, I believe in Jesus. I, I believe, well, so do the demons, and they tremble because they know that one day they're going to be judged by what they've already done. Yes, we have freedom in Christ. Yes, we have liberty in Christ. Yes, he give us every bit of his righteousness if we believe in him. But how we act after we say we believe in him proves whether we truly do or if we just have a head knowledge of it. Demons have a knowledge of it. They believe, they know they've been in his presence. But does it change your life? And that's a very difficult subject because people don't want to talk about it. But we were created in Christ Jesus for good works that we should walk in them, not continue to do what we've always done. So um, the Lord knows that where are we at? Verse 18 of Galatians 5, um, the flesh and the spirit are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things you wish. So our old nature uh, uh, wants to lead our flesh, our sin nature. But we know that we've given our life to Christ and we're supposed to be led by the Spirit. And the Spirit is there. But he will not force himself upon you. I had a really good time today with a lawyer that when I was sharing with him. And he's, and he's one of the uh, older lawyers in, in, in uh, town. And um, so I, I was sharing with him... Um, because he's he does probate he does civil so I was able to sear with him um, the Old Testament law and then the testator had to die in the New Testament Hebrews testifies in order for the executor of the estate the Holy Spirit to begin to hand out uh, the inheritance and I shared with him all of that about the prayer and he's like whoa I can't wait to tell my wife and it was just really fun to see his face I said so then you're a believer and he goes yeah 
but I've never heard it like that before. And I said, well, everything that we have in law and life is comes from the Bible and it comes from the creator of all things. And so it was really, it was just really uh, interesting to watch his face. And, and again, uh, we have it right here when you're led by the spirit, uh, you don't do the things that you wish to do. Uh, and I'm saying it a little bit uh, upside down from what he says, but you begin to die to self and you do the things that the spirit leads you to do. You don't follow the lust of the flesh. You don't follow the lust of the eye and the boastful pride of life, as John would tell us. Um, and if you're listening to your spirit, you're not going to do the things you wish to do. I wish to follow God. I wish to be a good saint. I wish to walk in righteousness. I wish to be led by the spirit. And the spirit is willing, but the flesh is the weak part. And so we have to begin to listen to what the spirit is doing and not what the world is doing. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Really? Really? So no, we're under inheritance. We're under grace. When you're being led by the Spirit, he's going to give you everything you need for life and godliness. And then he goes on to explain, and this is why I was talking about the evidence. This is why I was talking about the doing. This is what really proves the godly, the ungodly, the righteous, the unrighteous, is that we can see these. And he says this, now the works of the flesh are evident. Oh, is that evidence? It's evident? It's evidence against you? Oh, you can see them plainly? They're manifest? Listen to me. You can tell. I used to tell my guys at Trinity Mission years ago, I'd be reading your Bible, and they'd go, yeah. i go, no, you're not. they go, what do you mean, no, I'm not? i go, you're not reading your Bible. i go, you read your Bible? I'll give you another chance here. Yeah. I said, no, you're not. And, and they would always confess later that they weren't reading their Bible because your, your actions become evident. If you're reading the Bible, you're going to flee, or you're going to sit down and be, ask God to help you start doing it. You can't abide in the Word of God and live in the Word of God and say, I'm reading my Bible, and then stay the same. It's a sword. It cuts away. It's living. It's active. It begins to change you. And when you, you can tell when a person's just living in the flesh. And you can't stay in the flesh and be in the Word of God. What do they say? The Word will keep you, or sin will keep you from the Word, and the Word will keep you from sin. It, because it's just a natural abiding that happens. Uh, now the works of the flesh are evident. It's the evidence, which are, and then it gives you uh, the actual words. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. You have the sexual there. Uh, idolatry, sorcery. Now sorcery is, right there, that word is pharmakia. It's where we get the word pharmacy. Pharmakia, pharmakia, right? There's drugs, it's rebellion. You can look at it in many different ways because rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. It's sorcery, it's pharmakia, hatred. I just hate them. Listen, that's sorcery. It's sorcery to sit around and go, I just hate them. What did we just see in 1 John 3? Listen, listen, 1 John 3. Let me read it to you again. Because we want to understand that there's always going to be evidence of whether the spirit is alive or the flesh is alive. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are evident. They're manifest. Whoever does not practice, this is what you're doing. You're practicing doing righteousness is not of God. Nor is he who does not love his brother. And I just hate my brother. I hate the people. So if we say stuff like that, listen, it's obvious that we're not walking in the Spirit. Because the Spirit of God wants to reconcile. The Spirit of God wants to teach us how to love in a godly way. The Spirit of God wants to teach us, and we're going to see that in a minute, and conform us into the image of God. So hatred, contentions, jealousies, outburst of wrath. See, that, that wrath is, is the anger in the heart that becomes hatred. That, that outburst of wrath. And see, now listen, listen. Make sure you remember. See, these things can happen to a believer. But is it what you're practicing? See, he says doing righteousness or doing. If you're okay with it, I've had so many people that say, that's just who I am. Oh, so outbursts of wrath are just who you are and you don't want to deal with it. 
You just want to always just go off the handle like an axe that flies off the handle. That's an out. I mean, somebody's going to die in that. Somebody's going to get hurt in that eventually. Uh, and it just proves hatred. And if you hate somebody, you've committed murder, really, Jesus says, in your heart. I better get back to this. Outburst of wrath. Selfish ambition. There's a huge one. Listen to me. Selfish ambition. You know what selfish ambition will do? It will destroy your life. Self needs to die. It needs to be crucified. It needs to be in the grave. we get to that in 524. But selfishness is huge. When you see somebody that's acting selfish and only worried about themselves, you know that it's flesh. Anything about self is flesh. The only good self is the dead self. So that's what the world teaches us, though, with our career-minded is always about my ambitions, about what I'm doing, about myself. Dissensions, that's divisions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness. That's the word methe. The drunkard will not inherit the kingdom of God. Drunkenness. You can be drunk, it's the word methe. It means to be habitually intoxicated with anything. Not just booze. We've turned it in America into booze. But it's being habitually intoxicated with anything which you put before God. It can be drugs. It can be booze. It can be a job. It can be an opposite sex. If you're habitually intoxicated with that person, that's drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who do, those who practice, this is how they live, such things, will not inherit the kingdom of God. See, what's the Holy Spirit doing? Handing out the inheritance of the kingdom of God. He seals you, and then he begins to lead you and teach you. And as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. And if he's leading you and giving you the inheritance, even slowly, even washing and cleansing just a little bit, then there's going to be, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit... Because it grows, listen, fruit grows is love. You can stop there, but he doesn't want to stop there. He wants you to know that love looks like joy, peace, patience, yours might say long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Listen, there's only two kind of people, faithful and unfaithful. And if you're faithful, you can only get it from the Holy Spirit. It's not in the flesh. We have to always remember that what we're doing, we give God the glory. We don't try to steal his glory. He will leave the room. Gentleness. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The coming of the Lord is at hand. Self-control. The Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power and of love and self-control. What's that mean? The spirit of God controls self. The Spirit of God knows how to put self in the grave. The Spirit of God knows how to deny self. The Spirit is leading you. If you're walking in the Spirit, self is not going to be able to fulfill its lust. So it's easy to know when you're walking in the flesh. It's harder to know when you're walking in the Spirit. Because we lie to ourselves. We can deceive ourselves. We can think we're in the Spirit when we're really in the flesh. And we're doing it by the knowledge of God. We're doing it by old bread. We're doing it by not our daily bread, but something else. There's so many ways that we can deceive ourselves, but it's hard to know when you're in the Spirit sometimes. Because you can have fake fruit. I told you guys many times, Billy Graham used to say, and I know some people don't even like to quote Billy Graham, but it was a good analogy. Billy Graham used to say, he could never understand why there was never flies on the fruit, on the bowl of his grandma's table. And then as he got older, he got in there and looked at it. And he goes, oh, it's plastic. It's not real fruit. And see, a lot of Christians walk around with plastic fruit. Therefore, they don't have any problem with Beelzebub, the Lord of the Flies. But real fruit, there's going to be some flies that come to mess with it. And God allows it to test if the fruit is real or not. If it's really the Spirit of God, the power of God, because of the glory of God, or is it fruit that you've manufactured or you're acting like? See, he lets the real heart come out when God allows you to be tested by the devil. 
in the wilderness to show you that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So here's the real fruit. Uh, and it's got gentleness and self-control. Against such, there is no law. And then our verse this morning was, and those who are Christ. Wait a minute. How do we know if we're the children of God? How do we know if we're in Christ? And those who are Christ, how do we know if we belong to him? How do we know if the Holy Spirit is in us? And those that are Christ, how do we know? I mean, we need to know. We need to know today. We don't need to wait till we get to heaven and go, I thought I was doing the right thing. Listen, the Bible is clear on this. And those that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, its affections, King James. We've crucified it. Oh, what? What? He'd already said it in 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Listen to me. Crucifixion was death. It was death. It was the, the most cruel way that the Romans had come up with to kill the worst criminals. And the Lord of glory, who was innocent, died that death for you and me. So if he died the worst death, he died it for everybody. Once for all, the just for the unjust. He was crucified. And so what he's calling us to do is by the power of the Spirit, as we're led by the Spirit, is to put to death the deeds of the flesh. And he clearly tells us what they are. It's not hard to understand them. And then he clearly says, if you're doing these things and it's your practice and you're not affected in your heart and you're saying, don't worry about it, God, I got this. If you're practicing this and you're not going, Lord, I want to mourn over this. I want you to take this. If you're practicing this, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And you're not worried about it. You're saying it's okay. No God or no God. One or the other. You say no to God or you say I want to know you God. And the power of your resurrection. So we want to crucify the flesh with its affections. If we live in the spirit. Listen. If we live in the spirit. If we're alive. We've risen from the dead. Let us also walk. It's how we're living. It's what we're doing. It's what we're practicing in the Spirit. And really, that's the way. In Christ or in the Spirit is where we're supposed to be as the children of God. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So he goes into the one another ministry, being concerned about that. It's not about me. It's still the Spirit of God. And actually, I'd love to go on, but we can't go on because we have to really conclude with our text. And that's what we want to talk about. It's life's two roads. And I haven't even started verse one yet. So we want to get back there. But he goes on about the one another ministry. And he tells in, in Galatians 6 about if anyone is in a trespass, we're supposed to restore them in a gen spirit of gentleness. So we're going back to Psalms 1, if you guys are with me. And we're going to look at 1-1. One, one, and I want you to really see... The, the two roads. I want you to really see that, that we clutter it up. We, we cloud it up. We make it look gray. But the evidences are clear about what we're pursuing with our heart. And any saint or anybody that says they're a Christian should know these things and should say these things and should say, wait a minute, here is the litmus test. What am I pursuing in life? What am I practicing? What am I doing Am I about the reconciliation of souls and being led by the Spirit of God and doing the work of God for the glory of God? Or it's, ah, it's okay, I said a prayer. I don't have to learn anymore. I don't have to do anymore. I'm okay. What, what are we doing in life? And this, is, and this is really clear. And I want you to see as I begin to read this that, that clearly in Psalms 1, there is a progression. See, if you begin to walk you'll end up standing, and then you'll end up sitting with them. And you're going to sit in the seat. Now listen, if you know Jesus, we're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That's where we're sitting at, if we know Jesus. But in order to say that fully with my evidence of my life, how I'm living, 
I have to know that I'm being led by the Spirit. I'm walking in the Spirit. Not according to the flesh, but I'm walking according to the Spirit. I'm standing in the victory of Christ, Ephesians 6, so therefore I can set in heavenly places with him because he's made me a joint heir with him as his betrothed, as his child, as the one who's been married back into the kingdom of God through the kinsman redeemer. So let's look what he says, and he does it in the diminutive. Uh, blessed is the man, using the masculine term. And then he says, who walks not. Listen, you want to be blessed? Blessed, blessed means to be happy. In fact, the word is translated uh, 18 times happy, 27 times blessed. And it means how happy, how blessed. Uh, and, and because of today's culture, we have to be careful with that because we think that happiness uh, is something that it's not. But it comes from a word that means to be straight or level or to be righteous or right with God. And so I would tell you that uh, uh, I don't like the word happy, but it's here. Uh, it means blessed. And, and, and there is joy and happiness in the Lord. It's okay to be happy. But that's not the place he wants you to be. He wants you to be holy because he is holy. That's the place he wants you to be. I always make the joke, happy wife, happy life. It's a joke. But it's okay to be blessed in your life. Um, and if you want to attack that joke, just remember that we're one vessel. So we're both trying to be holy together. Uh, not happy, but blessed. And it's, it's translated that way in the Hebrew as happy. So we want to be straight though. We want to be on the level. We want to be right with God. But so what do we do? not do? This is what you want to see is not to do. Not to practice. Uh, because it's evident if you practice these things. What you're, what you're trying to be with your heart. Who walks. Which is how you're living. Not in the counsel. Counsel is advice. It's a purpose. It's the teaching of the ungodly. Let's just make it simple. There's godly and there's ungodly. The ungodly don't care about God. So if they give you advice, purpose, counsel, teaching, it's going to be ungodly. It's going to be earthly, sensual, and demonic. And if you're walking with them and listening to what they're saying, it's all ungodly. But it sounds so wise. It's ungodly. It doesn't lead to heaven so it, walking is is how you're living you're hanging out with them you're listening to their counsel you're listening to their music you're reading their books you're watching their tv shows listen to me because everything is a pulpit what voice are you listening to jesus says my sheep hear my voice i know them and they follow me and then there's all these other mediums. There's all these other voices. There's all this other counsel. There's all this other advice. There's all this other teaching that does not line up with godliness. So you're not going to be blessed. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to be straight. You're not going to be righteous if you're walking in the counsel of the ungodly. It's just that simple. It's the wrong path. It's the wrong way. Nor stands in the path of sinners. Notice, you're walking with them. You're listening to them. You're going, man, that's a good song. Well, I don't listen to that song, but I listen to the other music that they do. I don't like that one. It's got some bad lyrics. But I'm listening to that song they do. And you're walking with them. And you know what happens? Because if you start walking with somebody, they're going to give you advice. And what happens when you're walking and you're talking? You often stop. And now you're standing there and your heart begins to listen to what they're saying. And if they're ungodly, we know that they're sinners. See, we're all sinners, but we're saved by grace. And, and we're not sinless, but we are sinning less because we're walking in the Spirit and we're learning the Word of God and we're walking with God. We're standing in His righteousness and we're sitting in heavenly places with Him. But if we continue to fellowship with the ungodly and sinners, we'll be standing there with them and going, 
Yeah, I know. Some of the Christians, they just get a little overboard. Yeah, I know. Some of the churches are a little crazy. Yeah, I know. And we begin to listen to what they're saying and say, well, they have a little bit of truth in their earthly, central, demonic wisdom. And we begin to act like we can listen to them. Oh, you have a point there, really, yeah, because I know. The other day we were at church, and she said, and he said, and they were just like this. And you begin to gossip with them. And you begin to tie into what they're saying. And not are you not, you're not just walking in the world now. You're not just walking in earthly, central, demonic counsel now, ungodliness. But you're standing in their path. Listen, don't go near the path. Do you understand that if we go there, it's only as a witness to share the and herald the word of God to them because we want to shine light into their path. We want to see the sinners saved because they were just like we used to be. We're not looking down on them. We're learning that we're not going there to fellowship with them, to walk with them, to stand with them. Now again, to stand with them, it becomes a habit. You were walking with them, and you go, man, this is crazy. I shouldn't be walking over here. My brother had a very, my brother that's with the Lord now, I believe, he had a hard time uh, with old friends. And, you know, clearly, I mean, I watched his life, and I said, Tony, don't do that. And he went and got a job with some of our old friends, and he was working. He said, oh, I'm just sharing Jesus with them. Yeah, they go off, and they smoke their weed over there in the van, and they do their thing. But pretty soon, you know what they did? They go, hey, Tony, you used to roll good joints. Once you roll us one while well, we're getting ready to do this stuff and we're rolling rafters, and you go ahead and you roll us a joint. You don't have to smoke it with us. And then pretty soon, he was right back out there with them. See, they, they don't rest unless they cause you to stumble. So you have to choose your, who you're fellowshipping with. And, and, it, and it becomes evident if you're not wanting to hang out with other Christians it's because your heart is bent on backsliding. If you don't want to sit down and read the Word of God, there's an issue going on that you need to address. And you need to pray and ask God what's going on. Because you begin in your heart. It's the heart where we go astray. You begin to walk and envy sinners. And you begin to want to do what they're doing. Oh, I'm just listening to some secular music. Oh, I'm just watching a secular TV. Yeah, I know there's a bunch of blood and gore and sex and violence in it, but I'm just watching it. I don't like this stuff anymore, but you're participating with it. You're actually walking with it. You're listening to their counsel and you're acting like it's not a bad thing. And see, I get in trouble with this because there's a lot of pastors that play in, in bands and they play secular music and they do lots of things. But listen to me. Listen to me. Hell is a bad place to be. And everything is a pulpit and it's preaching. That voice is coming loud and clear. And if it's not preaching to you the word of God, then it has to be preaching to you a lie. I wonder who Eve was walking, standing, and sitting with. I wonder if she thought that if I walk with the serpent and listen to him just a little bit, will I end up standing and then sitting down and causing the whole world to end up in sin? Oh, no, she didn't think that. Oh, no, her husband didn't protect her from that. And that's why I'm pretty adamant about that. That we need to be very careful. I don't even like to read any other literature except for the Bible. That's my conviction. That's what I believe. I want the pure, unadulterated word of God. So what you do is you start walking and hanging out with listening to the counsel, their books, their movies, their music. And then you go, oh, I'm just going to stand here for a minute. And it becomes a habit, uh, a habitual lifestyle. And you listen to their preaching. And then what happens, Greg? Well, the next play, nor sets in the seat of the scornful. You begin to set. Let's just sit down here and talk about this. But he was just walking. See, the, so, so there has to be a purposeful intent of why am I walking with these people? Because I want to share Jesus with them. I mean, you have to stay focused. That's why Jesus sent them out in twos to keep them accountable. 
And, and you have to draw a line in the sand. And you have to understand that if you're walking with them and your heart is, has some other reason, you'll begin to listen. It's just a sin nature. The devil knows it's there. And so you don't want to ever make provision for the flesh. What you want to do is know that you're called to practice righteousness. That you're called to be a witness. You're called to be led by the Spirit of God and not to listen. And, and people will go, yeah, but they got some good stuff. No, there's nothing good. 1 John 5, 19, I know you're of God, but the whole world lies underneath the sway of the wicked one. Everything is perverted. Everything is tainted. Everything is twisted. Everything is meant to lead you away, even when it sounds like, well, that's pretty good stuff there. Well, even a blind squirrel can find a nut every once in a while. But it doesn't give you permission to walk and stand and then end up sitting in the same seat that they're in. Mockers will come. Jude tells us. That's what the word scornful means, mockers. Yeah, I, I, I wish I had a dollar for every Christian, every person who said they're a Christian, that I start talking about we're at the end of the age and they go, oh, they've been saying that forever. Listen, we have to be very careful. If we're a Christian, we are living in the expectation. We're out witnessing about the expectation. We're telling them Jesus is our blessed hope. We're going to tell them that Jesus is coming soon. Are you ready? Because you might, they might die the next moment. They could die any moment, and then Jesus is already there. We're not guaranteed the next second. So we are very short-lived, and he is very close. We need to wake up to this, people, and not be scorners. Let's see. And, and Jude, I haven't got time to go into everything. Uh, Jude, actually, um, doesn't just say that, but my goodness. If you go read the book of Jude later, in uh, 12 through... 12, Jude 12 to uh, 15. Look what he talks about all the ungodly. They're ungodly deeds. They're ungodly this. They're ungodly that. It's a book before Revelation. It's the 65th book, uh, right before Revelation, on page uh, 2324. Uh, joking. Uh, but he talks about all the ungodly people that are. That, that, and then he says in 16. These are grumblers, complainers. Uh-oh. I'm a grumbler. I'm a complainer. I hate it. It convicts me. The Holy Spirit is not a fruit of the Spirit to grumble and complain. Walking according to their own flesh, their own desires, their own selfishness. Sometimes that's what causes us to grumble and complain. So we know we're in the flesh. We know we're, in the, we're not in the Spirit. I didn't want it to go like this. But you know who you're grumbling and complaining against? God. Godliness with contentment is great gain. In the Old Testament, when they grumbled against the leaders, when you see them grumbling against Moses and Aaron, Moses and Aaron knows who they're grumbling against. They hit their face in the sand and start praying for them because they know that when you grumble against what's going on in life, you're really saying it against God. It's against God because he's in complete control of every breath you take everything about you. And they mouth great swelling words. He's talking about these ungodly people. You see these great swelling words? Watch some of the preachers. Flattering people to gain advantage. Be careful. Flattering is worse than, flattery is worse than gossip. Gossip will destroy your heart, but when you flatter somebody, you might destroy their heart. Be careful. Because you're accountable with the one another ministry. And I usually tell people gossiping is saying something behind somebody's back that you won't say to their face, but flattery is saying it to their face and you don't say it behind their back. You know, it's okay to tell somebody, hey, you're a good cook, as long as you're telling other people behind their back that they're a good cook. But if you did it just to get them to get up off the couch and cook you a meal, that's 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 not real. That's, de that's deception. It's manipulation. It's flattery. It's, and it can hurt their heart. But you, beloved, verse 17, Jude, but you, beloved, this is you, you, anytime you see you, that's pretty simple, isn't it? But you, 
Don't do the grumbling, complaining, walking according to your own lust, mouthing great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage because we want to get ahead in life. We want to climb the corporate ladder. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, those that were sent forth by the Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers, there would be the scornful in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. These are sensual. That's psychology right there, sensual. Uh, this is earthly, sensual, demonic persons who cause divisions not having the Spirit. Notice, they don't have the Spirit. And if you have not the Spirit, you're not God's. Because as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. Listen to me. Last times is every day since Jesus ascended in Acts chapter 1. Every day. That's the last days. Because after he ascended, he could come back. Every day after he ascended is the last days. I, I, I can't teach Jude. i got to get back here. So where are you walking at? Where are you standing at? Where are you sitting at? Listen, it starts with your walk. How are you living? I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And if you're walking, if you're looking, you're saying, Holy Spirit, lead me. If you're looking to walk, you'll never end up standing with the sinners. If you're looking to walk in the Spirit. Because you'll be standing in the finished works of Christ. That's our position. We're called, having done all, to stand. And then, therefore, you can be seated, ruling and reigning with God. He's seated on the throne in heaven, in heavenly places. Now, here it is. He comes back to the other side. The blessed man doesn't do this walking, standing, and sitting. It's not with the ungodly. It's not with sinners. It's not with the scornful. Because now you've sat down. See, you were walking with them. Then you started standing, going, huh, become a habit. And now you become an expert at it. Now you're sitting down in their seat with them, practicing their ways, maybe pushing their lies on other people. Maybe then you become the counselor with the bad advice and getting other people to follow you. I know I remember discipling people. I learned to use drugs, and then I discipled people on how to use drugs. You know? And I feel terrible about it. There's people out there now that are still doing it because of me. But it's not how you start. It's not how you live. It's how you finish. How are you going to finish this? In Christ? And then he says, clearly, here's the contrast, the other road. But his delight, his yashab, is in the law of the Lord. It's in the word of the Lord. Oh, yashab was set. I'm sorry. Delight is... Um, his delight means his pleasure, his desire... His valuable thing in life um, is the law of the Lord. It's the word of God. This is where we're supposed to be walking, standing, and setting. Everything about it, we're supposed to be settling down. What is your delight? Do your actions prove it? What is your delight? the law of the Lord, which really means the whole word of God. And in his law, in his word, he meditates day and night. Daily. Nightly. Day and night. Joshua 1.8 This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, so you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. Then you shall be prosperous, and then you shall be of good success. Day and night. Meditating on it really has... Uh, meditate means uh, to ponder, to, uh, to study, uh, to mourn over. Because you, when you're reading the Word of God, you go, wow, that's me. But it really has, it has the connotation of a cow chewing his cud. You know, a cow will chew swallow, regurgitate it back up, and look at it some more. So you're chewing on it, you're swallowing on it, and it's deeper than that. And then he swallows it back down into another belly, and then he regurgitates it back up, and he looks at it some more. And he continues to look at it and meditate on it. 
uh, and memorize it. Get into the Word of God. Meditate on it. Memorize it. Read it. Pray it back to God. Why? It says right there, He shall be like a tree planted. Really means transplanted because we were a tree planted someplace else and God came and gave us new life and put our feet upon a rock and He transplanted us. He shall be like a tree, and that's talking about His firmness. It's, it, it's not necessarily, I mean, it's using the, uh, the word picture or the analogy of a tree with its roots deep down into the water. But it's really talking about um, uh, the, the it's, it's a tree from the firmness of the tree, the solidness of it. Transplanted, moved to another ground, put in a place of righteousness from unrighteousness. Um, where's he planted at? By the rivers of water. Water speaking of the Holy Spirit and your roots digging down, knowing that your roots need to get to the Holy Spirit so that you don't follow earthly, central, demonic wisdom, but you follow God's wisdom where he's leading you at. And your roots keep moving toward where he's leading you at so that you can be planted firmly by the rivers of living water. Seeking the water that God has for you. Why? That brings forth its fruit in its season. Man, I just don't feel like I'm growing. It's God's timing. I just don't feel like God's doing it. It's God's timing. You need to stay in the word, prayer, and fellowship. You just keep your roots down deep. You just continue to stay there planted where God planted you at. And you wait for him in its season, in its time, it will bring forth the fruit. When you need it. When it needs to be there. In its season. Hmm. I have Proverbs uh, 15, 23. Uh, I like to actually bring up due season people. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season how good it is. Like you, you know, You're being prepared for the person you're going to run across. And you speak a word in due season. The fruit comes out. And you have this fruit of your lips. And, and they go, wow. And they're refreshed by what you say in that season. But we're being prepared. We're not just privileged, but we're being prepared to speak the words of God to other people. But you can't give them earthly, central, demonic wisdom. You have to give them the word of God. And in its season, you're going to bear fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. But let God decide when. You just drink up to God's Word. You just get into His Word and let it accomplish what it's purpose to do. You just let it cut away and build up, and you stay in it. And let God tell you when that season is, because He's preparing you for it. Whose leaf also shall not wither. That's speaking of freshness, always freshness. There's no drooping, there's no withering. You're right there with the water. It's always being nourished. The Holy Spirit's leading you in the Word of God. You're preparing the fruit. You're growing in Christ's likeness, and you're always ready. It's the same thing as having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It's the way Paul says it in the New Testament. You're shodding your feet. You're making ready. You're always there with firmness. Uh, and you have your feet shot and you're ready to give them the gospel and be ready to give an answer to all men for the hope that is within you. There's a freshness there when you spend time with God and he prepares you for that day. Just like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. Okay, go to Jeremiah. I'm going to go. I was looking at the clock and saying I'm not going to go, but go. Um, Jeremiah 17. Watch me go to the wrong place. There's so many places you can go. The Bible continues to declare this. Uh, 17.5 begins with really dealing with Judah being punished. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man. Where's your trust at? Earthly, sensual, demonic wisdom, the shall answer man? 
and makes flesh his strength. Listen, it could be somebody else's or it could be your own. You're trusting in yourself, your own strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. Uh-oh, he didn't stay planted by the rivers of water. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert, dried up, and shall not see when good comes. Listen to me. Call evil good and good evil. You won't see when good comes. But shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Don't trust it, man. Trust in the Lord. How happy is the man who trusts in the Lord and meditates in his word day and night, and whose hope is the Lord. Notice it's not in. This is, is the Lord. Your hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes. Listen. Be ready now. But its leaf will be green, and will, will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Listen to me, because right now, we're getting ready for this. The drought is coming. They want you to fear. I get so mad. You know my GPS? Every time I turn on my GPS, it says, flood warning ahead. Be careful. I'm like, I'm on a hill. They just want you to fear. Everything out there wants you to fear something other than fearing God. Flood warning ahead. Well, maybe somebody's stuck and I need to go help them and tell them about Jesus. I'm not sitting around worried about a flood. Oh, no, we're just trying to help you. We're just trying to warn you. We wouldn't want you to drive into the water and be, no, you're trying to make me fear every single thing. What did we do before we had a phone that would warn us about life? My goodness. Everything's about fear. We don't want to have to, we just want to fear God. Listen to me. Adverse conditions are coming. You don't have to be anxious in the year of drought. You don't have to stop yielding fruit. And then let's go on with the fruit of our doings. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Do you guys know that your heart is, is deceitful above all things? And I thought a dog's mouth was dirtier. No, it's deceitful above all things. I'm teasing. Uh, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. How does he do it? With his word, with his light. I test the minds or the reins. What's steering your life? Even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. Listen, our doings are the evidence of who we're living for. You can go back to Psalms 1. I need to close this out. It's went a little longer than I really wanted it to go. I thought I was going to go a little shorter. Um, again, the righteous man who's meditating on the word of God and following the word of God and listening to the counsel of God. Don't miss the contrast. If you're meditating and delighting in the law of the Lord, you're getting its counsel. You're standing in its path. You're sitting in its seat. You're, you're, you're resting in it. You're not, you're not walking with the uh, ungodly and standing with the sinners and sitting with the scornful. You're walking in the counsel of the godly. You're standing in the path of the godly. You're learning to sit in the seat that Christ has prepared for you, where he has told you to sit. When he says, come up here and sit here, uh, because you're going to be like a tree planted by water, bringing forth fruit. You're not going to wither. You're going to be fresh. And whatever you do will prosper. Again, Joshua 1.8. The ungodly, verse 4, the ungodly, well, who's the ungodly? They're the morally wrong, condemned, wicked man. They're guilty, they're unrighteous. That's what it means in the Hebrew. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chafe, 
that how you pronounce it, honey? It's chaff. How do I get that wrong? Oh yeah, you chafe your legs and you chaff. I I get it. I get it wrong every single time. I do the same thing with the the ewe lamb. It's a ewe lamb, right? Not a wee lamb. It's a ewe lamb. I do the same thing. I'm from Kentucky. I'm trying to learn to read in the Bible. No, I'm teasing. I'm not picking on people from Kentucky. There's some well-educated people. Um, but I do the same thing. Now, how do you say it? Chaff. Chaff. It's not chafe. There's no E on it. What do you mean an E? We make the A long. Who made it, man? Well, I'm old. I learned it in school. So the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff, which the wind drives away. Notice they're driven. <clears throat> Sheep follow. The righteous follow, are led by the Spirit. The ungodly are driven. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Now, that's speaking of a future time, because there's lots of sinners that will come in to the congregation of the righteous. But notice this, it's talking about harvest time. How do you, you take the grain and you thresh the grain, they beat the grain, and then they throw it up in the air. And the chaff, the chaff, blows away. But the fruit falls to the ground. What they want to keep falls to the ground. And so we're if we're ungodly, we're tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And so when it's thrown up and there's a little bit of problem, we get blown over here and we're over there. But if you're godly, you're landing back down on that solid ground and your fruit remains. That's why Christ wrote to us. That's why Christ speaks to us. That's why Christ leads us, that we bear fruit and that that fruit would remain. He doesn't want us to lose our fruit. He wants us to, be, he wants to burn up and blow away the chaff. Therefore, the ungodly will not stand in the judgment, final judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. And then our memory verse. You guys remember that? That's why we're here. For the Lord knows. Ask him. Listen, the Lord knows the way of the righteous. Ask him, what is the way of the righteous? How does a righteous man live? Ask him. Seek him out. Go to prayer. Is this right? Am I doing that right? Is this earthly, sinful, demonic, or is this right? Which is what righteous means, right living before God. But the way of the ungodly shall perish. Die. Have no way to flee. It's actually really funny. Because the word perish in the Hebrew, if you look it up, it's Hebrew 6. It's the number 6. Sixth word in the Hebrew. It, and it means, or it is the word A-B-A-D. Abad. Hebrew 6. Abad. But B is a V, so it's Abad. And it means to lose oneself, to perish, to have no way to flee. You can't flee the judgment. And, and, and I believe that, you know, one day every knee is going to bow to the praise of his glory. And they're not going to stand in the congregation of the righteous. They're going to bow. They're going to beg for a second chance. The ungodly will. But there's none going to be given. It's appointed for man to die once, and then comes the judgment. Listen, God knows the way, the well-trodden path. Where is the way at? I got it somewhere here. Can't, 
find it. Are you kidding me? You guys waiting on me? I can't believe it. My brain is not, oh, here it is. It's the path. It's the same word as path. It means a road as trodden means figuratively the course of life, your mode of action, your doing, your conversation. And uh, the Lord knows it. He knows the way that we're living. He knows our conversation. He knows where we're traveling. He knows where our heart's going. And it's the heart that matters most. It's the heart that's exceedingly wicked. Who can know it? The Lord knows it. And he knows our reins. He knows the way we're going in everything. So I would encourage you to be planted now. Secure, rooted in faith. We're at the rivers of water with the Holy Spirit. And know that you're supposed to be bringing forth fruit. Fruits of righteousness, growing in love. Uh, dying to self and that even when it seems like it's not happening that one day you're going to prosper God will prosper you but if you set your eyes on this earthly riches that seem to prosper they lead to death they don't lead to life so, walking, standing, and sitting. Who are you walking, standing, and sitting with? Is it with the Holy Spirit leading your life? Or is it listening to other people? Listen, it's okay to even listen to pastors. But test them. Test the spirits. Be a Berean. See if what they're saying is the Word of God. But know that you need no one to teach you except for the Holy Spirit. That doesn't mean you have to be a lone wolf McQuaid. You take your life and put it in the body of Christ and you become part of that and do your part. It's part of the one another ministry that we've been given. Make no mistake, wherever you're walking, you will end up standing and then you will sit down there. Where are you walking at? Where's your path? today. Is it in the spirit or in the flesh? Next week's scripture. Going back to Proverbs. Proverbs 29 25 29 25 The fear of man brings a snare but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. 29.25 The fear of man brings a snare. But whoever trusts in God shall be safe. We know that Babylon wants us to fear them. And trust in them. They bring the fear, then they throw a solution out there and say, trust us, we'll take care of you. You'll be safe in our freedom cities. Sorry. Listen, the only safety there is is in the Lord. The only safety there is is in the Lord. Write that down. Meditate on it. In fact, before I pray, I would encourage you to go before the Lord and say, where are my feet walking? Your spiritual feet. Where have I been standing at? Am I looking to listen to the counsel of the world? Am I looking to stand with the world and what the earthly, central, demonic one world <coughs> government is doing? Where are you resting at? Sitting down and putting all your weight at? 
Ask God. He'll show you. He'll reveal it to you. He'll tell you. But you can also look at the things that your heart desires. And it reveals the evidence of what you're doing. Where you've been. Where you've been walking. Standing and sitting at. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for growing fruit in our lives. The fruit of love. Real love, not trash or sloppy agape that the world offers. Trying to say love is love. No, God is love. And God has spoken. And we know that the devil wants to kill every word that comes from the mouth of God. But Lord, we want to walk in your spirit. We want to stand in the victory of your son, Jesus. And we want to sit in heavenly places with you. So wake us up, Lord, at the heart of our Christian walk. And help us to walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, for the days are evil. Pour out your spirit upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. The Lord bless you.